Are you talking, Tim? We can't hear you. Now I'm just playing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't catch that. You're a jerk, Tim. <laughs> Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. So how you doing? It's been so long since we've seen you. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't have a Pepsi. I'll need to go get one before we start. <laughs> Let me grab one real quick. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we brought back Tim from Cornered. Well, I forgot <laughs> it again. What was it? Cornered. Something. Cornered Hill. We shouldn't say corn. Cornered, oh. kill. Did you say cornbread? No. <laughs> cornered, oh. cornered hick. Fire him straight. <laughs> oh. Kill. I get all kinds of calls. I'm telling you. I get. I, are you cornbread? No, we're not cornbread. No, no, we're not cornbread. No. <laughs> Do I sound like I'm cornbread? Cornered, kill. <laughs> Firearms ring. Instead of redoing that whole thing. <laughs> No, I think this is good as it is. I, yeah, I just let just let it go. <laughs> just uh, let the people have a laugh. Yeah, Dude. everybody needs to laugh at something nowadays. So, guys, if you have not heard uh, the other podcast with Tim on here, uh, Tim, if you don't mind, tell just a little bit about yourself, and we'll kind of get started with today. Yeah, I'm Tim. Uh, I'm the owner and lead instructor at Cornered Hill Firearms Training. We're here in North Carolina. And we teach everything from concealed carry to advanced shooting. Uh, we do a lot of uh, personal defense with firearms, things like that. So 23-year uh, Navy vet, retired, went in in 1982, retired December 31st, 2005 was my last day on active duty. So I'll date myself a little bit there. I'm ancient, uh, <laughs> but I'm still good enough. So we'll just leave it with that. Now, I, I've shot with you several times at this point. You are definitely good enough. Uh, <laughs> very, very so, good. I'm also, uh, I'll just throw this out, uh, NRA training counselor, uh, instructor in multiple disciplines, and uh, USCCA instructor as well. So, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's, it's all good. Just kind of punch the ticket and knock everything out at one time. <laughs> yeah. So if you're somebody that is looking to get into firearms instruction, I I would highly recommend Tim. He's the guy who I went through to get get my instructor certifications with the NRAs. And um, yeah, us too. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is true. So we do have the apprentice and assistant program, and uh, those are great programs, outstanding programs for youth. It, it's lets us train the next generation of firearms instructors, and we're training them the right way. So, yep. Yeah, I was I was very, very thoroughly uh, happy with the way that that training went for uh, both Kylie and Jada. So mm -hmm. when you had told me about that, I got very, very excited. Yep. yep. They got very nervous, but I got very excited. <laughs> they were fun in the class. They yeah. were a blast. Side note, we, we really want to figure out a time uh, where we can come up there one day. That would be awesome. Yeah, we, I'd love to have you guys up here. We'll uh, go up on the mountain and shoot at Shatola. If you guys have not been to Shatola, you need to go to check out the Shatola Sporting Reserve, the range up there. It is an awesome place. They got to shoot up there for the rifle. Instructor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about people in general, though, who may be watching. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you made a TikTok about the sketchy downhill drive to... Yeah, I did. I wasn't super worried until I started smelling brakes, and those were Tim Tim's brakes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that happens. <laughs> it's a big you're deal. going up a mile straight down. No, it's awesome. It is beautiful up there, is it not? It is. It really is. And they have put together probably the best range in North Carolina. It is beautiful. So Shatola Sporting Reserve. I'll just throw that out there for those of you who have not been there. Uh, go on out there. Check it out. It is beautiful. Yep. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by faithandfreedomclothing.com. There you can find some awesome t-shirts. And if you use the coupon code Impact Defense, it gets you 15% off of anything they purchase. 
now time for the news portion of the podcast with your host, me. So this one comes from Florida. Hearing their daughter's screams outside, uh, two parents went out to find their daughter being beaten by her boyfriend. After trying unsuccessfully to stop the attack, her father fired a shot into the ground to frighten the boyfriend. He stopped beating his girlfriend, but instead directed his attack against her mother. That's when the father filed a single shot at the attacker, critically wounding him and ending the incident. No charges have been filed against the father, but charges are pending against the abuser. Okay. Uh, Let's just say that if I come outside and there is a boy on top of my daughter, I am punting his head into the next county. Tim's over there like, warning shot. No, no, I'm I'm holding my tongue because God forbid I ever have to use my firearm out in the civilian community. I don't want anything coming back on me. Yeah. Mm. So, like, what kind of idiot would, like, after you, you've already fired one shot, what kind of idiot is going to then just turn and just start attacking another part of your family that's not the person with the gun? Right. right. An idiot? Yeah, well, yeah. So my question would be, what kind of idiot would raise their hand to my daughter, right? And yeah. then turn their hand to my wife. I, yeah. It just, it baffles me of the stupidity that's out there. It was but, Florida, though. That's true. Well, no, I know a lot of good people in Florida. What are you doing <laughs> there? No. It's a joke. No, listen, everybody in Florida, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. I actually just make that joke because there have been some years really of my life. funny self-defense stories coming out of Florida. That is the only reason we make that joke. Okay. Love the people of Florida. Yeah, no, we do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, some of the uh, – I've trained with some really good people. Uh, my combatives training – was that with group out of Florida? I mean, you know, I know a stuff. lot of people that come out of Florida. When, when I want to do uh, some serious training, uh, I've got a good friend down there that I actually go down and train with when mm-hmm. I feel like I really need to step up my game a little bit because I'm getting fat, old, and and sloppy. I've got a friend in Florida that I go train with, so yeah. uh, oh, he's awesome. If I get his permission, I'll drop a dime on them later in another video sometime down the road, if you guys want and let you yeah. know all about them. Sounds good. But when I want to be humbled, that's who I go see. So yeah. it's, you know, and I know this is not the topic of the podcast, but that is such an important thing to train in such a way to where you're constantly being humbled. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, get outside of your freaking comfort zone and go train with somebody that can humble you some and I don't give a crap what kind of what level of training you are. Somebody can humble you in something. There yeah. is always I, I tell this to all my students. There is always someone that's bigger, better, better and faster than you out there. Yep. There is always somebody out there like that. And my hope is to never run into that person. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I've done pretty well so far. You know, so let's keep keep the streak going. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my goal. My Never goal is to just be as well rounded as possible, and that way, that in most cases, I can take something. You know, take the fight outside of some range that the other person's not comfortable with. Um, you know, I fought MMA for a while. I always say my, I wasn't the best striker, I wasn't the best grappler, but I was really good at putting both of those things together in such a way mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. able to 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 make the other person put them in a place they were not happy with. Right, right. So I got a friend of mine, and his famous saying is, and, and it's true, everyone is a legend in their own mind. Yep. And so we have to always try to avoid being that legend in, in your own mind and yep. living on the deeds of your past and the things you used to be able to do. Because if you're not out there practicing and doing it still, then you're not able to do it anymore. And right. I, I took a class a few years back and I passed the class. I did fine in the class, but I was humiliated at how my personal standard, I was not up to my personal standard. And so uh, that really, that really 
pinged home to me that everyone's a legend in their own mind. Yeah. You know, well, you know and- kind of like going back on one of the classes that you did when we did um, the NRA is their, their highest level, their, their CCW instructor. There's a, that's, mm-hmm. I would imagine that would or not. I would imagine that's their, their highest level of shooting or defensive shooting. Yeah, that is that is a tough course, and if you're not ready for that course, you are not going to pass it. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. You are you will not pass that course if you're not up to speed. But that was that was it for me. That was kind of that thing for me when I came with you and we did that. You know, uh, I mean, I passed it, but man, I wasn't happy about it. Right, I did not feel I, w- I was not happy with my level of performance. You know, yeah. I wanted and- better. I might have and I'm not going to put the course of fire out because we don't put the course of fire out for that course. You show up and you have to shoot it cold. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's a tough course. It is it, a it tough is. course. As very and I tell damaging. people before they come and take that course with me, you know, just because you're taking a course doesn't mean you're going to pass it. Yeah. And you need to really buff up on any type of defensive shooting that you can think of. You need to buff up on it because yeah. it's this is a tough course to pass. Yep. But that was that was one of those things for me. It was like, you know, I may have met the minimum standards, but man, I wasn't happy about it at the end. And I right. worked it and worked it and worked it to where, you know, at this point in time, it would be a much easier thing for me to pass. But right. Whew, man, I was yeah, you know, I, I let you know my level of frustration afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and that induced we were talking about stress on one of the previous podcasts, but yeah. that podcast. But that will induce stress, just knowing you have to certify and pass something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> there we go. The fresh sizzle of a freshly opened Pepsi. <laughs> Still shooting for that spot. Oh, that is refreshing. <laughs> it's the taste of freedom. <laughs> that is that is the taste of freedom oh my god they should market that of course you'll have to to pay you for it but i mean their colors are red white and blue so uh no wonder oh my god the taste of freedom there you have it that is brilliant you're gonna have to come up with some slogans for me all right uh, All right, that's enough of my tomfoolery. Go ahead. What do you? Oh, have? you're good. All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, like what to look for when picking a concealed carry. Um, when you think about concealed carrying a handgun, what do you need to look for? Because I get so so aggravated when uh, the guy at that counter looks at a, especially a woman. And I'm not trying to be mean, but it just seems like it's always a woman where they come in and say, oh, well, this is the gun you need. And they have no earthly idea. They haven't even spoken idea. to the person. They yeah. just know they want a gun. Yep. Um, this is the gun you need. Yep. So basically, I, we talk a lot in our concealed carry classes, uh, but we don't get the chance to like really talk about it for a very long time. So. I would love to take this episode of the podcast and direct everybody to it that has not made a decision on what kind of gun they want to carry yet. Okay, so you you just know we're going to take a lot of hate from this. I'm just we're going to get trolled. Tim, you know how much hate I've taken. So go, go ahead. We're going to get I'm, trolled. I own I own multiple Glocks myself, but we have we. Oh, have I, I'm stuff. sorry for that. Make but, jokes you know. about. Glock guys. Yeah, we've we've made jokes about Glock guys, and you wouldn't believe the amount of hate we've gotten from that. We're used to hate. It's all good. I don't care that we much. We don't care. <laughs> I'm a SIG guy. I love SIGs, so. Yeah. So, but you know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I primarily love Smith & Wessons, but that's why I shoot more than anything. But, I mean, I, I own several Glocks, and I really like them. I know, but, you so, get the, here's but a, we get the hate comments where people are like, well, of course, like we we talk about Glocks all the time. You can run them through mud, put them through a swimming pool, like everything, and then pick them up and fire them straight off and hit a like toenail off of a pigeon from a mile away. And I'm over here going, that is that is not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> and you are the reason we make these jokes. <laughs> so, so my thing from- is Sig Sauer, Freedom's Defender. <laughs> you're free to use that sig just quote me on it oh uh, okay so outside of brands um <laughs> yeah. 
But I, I thought it would be a really good conversation to have when we're thinking about carrying a gun. What do, what does somebody actually need to look for when they're carrying a gun uh, or for a gun to carry? Because you don't want to necessarily just go up and buy the first thing at the counter, you know? No. Sorry, something no, you don't. that fits well in your hand. Do what now? Something that fits well in your hand. Yeah. There you go. There, there you go. That's it right there. So when it, it's different depending on, on whether you want just a target pistol or a defensive pistol. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about a defensive pistol, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. How does it fit? Ergonomics. How does it fit? How does it feel? How can I handle it? That is, that's it. You nailed that. Yeah. And that's going to be different for different people. I mean, you know, everybody's not made the same. Um, and according to how they handle the recoil of the gun. Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I can definitely handle recoiling a gun better when it fits my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, COVID girl, knock it off there, super spreader. Uh, I'm allergic to cats, and there is a cat in my house right now. Yeah. So. Okay, we're off track. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're really good at that. Uh, okay, so yeah, you started this off really well with how it fits in your hand. So, like, you know, different uh, different brands have different grip angles. You know, Glock is a very aggressive, aggressively forward kind of grip angle. Mm-hmm. Smith and Wesson's a little less. Sig seems to be a little more straight up and down. You know, different brands have different grip angles. So that, you know, that fit, it's going to be, you know, different. That's why I think a lot of people tend to float to one brand or another brand or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Mm-hmm. I was in a gun store and I'm just kind of like scoping out my options because... Being 20, I won't be able to conceal carry until next year, and I do not want to open carry. So I don't have my I don't have my personal defense gun yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking through at several of the options, um, just scoping out prices and everything like that. And I already have an idea of what I want, but I'm going through and the woman behind the counter asks me what I'm there looking for. I'm just like, I'm, I'm scoping out guns for personal defense. She goes, I've got what you'll need. She pulls me over to these uh, these Glocks. Okay. There's a rose gold one. There's like a blue one with flower designs. And I'm just sitting here trying to contain the irritation like inside me. So I just start laughing instead. And Brian was there. I'm just like, uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I've never liked the feel of Glocks, first of all. I've never liked the feel of Glocks. It, the grip angle is too forward for me. So anytime I bring one up, there's always the having to have the conscious decision to like lean forward because it's not the way I naturally come up. And then the grip is usually a little bit too fat for my hand. So I have to use my other hand to help me even reach the magazine release. And I don't particularly like that, you know? Right. So there are lots of different things I don't like about them. But it was the fact that for a personal defense gun, she was recommending me to something flashy. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why would I need something bright blue if I don't want them to see what I'm... (laughs) bringing out right right it's just i i think it annoyed me that there was no consideration of what's actually important in looking for a self-defense gun when she pulled me over to something to look at so here is part of the problem when you're when you're out there searching for a personal defense weapon and you get a lot of people when you go into a store and these are just basically like box stores, you know, and who you get behind that counter is who you get. They may know what they're talking about. They may not know what they're talking about. Yep. So that's that's an issue right there. That's why whenever you go out to buy a gun and you don't know a lot about it, you should always consult knowledgeable shooters before you go out and maybe ask somebody to go with you that. <laughs> knows a little bit what they're talking about. So they know that the person behind the counter is not feeding you a line of crap or handing you something that you don't need. Yeah. The, I guess the real point behind that story is don't, don't go with exactly what the person behind the counter suggests. Yeah. Sometimes no. they're just there to make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Salesperson. 
Or sometimes they don't know anything. They're just working there. That and, too. you know, they're making their hourly wage or whatever. And and their job is to sell guns. So somebody said, oh, these are good guns. So that's what they push. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's nothing wrong with clocks. I own a couple of clocks. I, you know, clocks are fine. They're not my favorite. Like I said, I'm a SIG guy. I like SIGs. But yeah. I just like SIGs. That, that, that's it. But clocks are fine. And I own a couple of them. And yeah. I think they're good guns. But yeah. Smith & Wesson makes good guns. I love Ruger's. Ruger makes great guns, in my opinion. So... Yeah, there there are things, all kinds of different price points and everything else that you just need to kind of. There you go. But you yeah. got to also remember, you know, I, I've had people say, like, "Well, I don't want to put that much money in a gun." It's like, right? But you're putting like this is something. If it's a personal defense gun, you plan on like using that to protect your life. That's one of those things that it might be worth spending a little extra money on. It might be, but but then by the same token, some people don't have the money to spend on it. No, I, no, I, I agree. I'm more talking about the people that um, they don't want to spend, but like two hundred dollars on a handgun, but you know they'll spend two hundred dollars on a pair of jeans. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. That that's the type of person I'm really kind of talking about. I get you. If you don't have it, man, get what you can get. You know. So I think I think a good affordable gun. It's like the uh, Taurus uh, G series. I am so impressed. The G3 out there, man, I'm going to tell you, people bang on Taurus a lot, but those G2s and G3s, man, those are nice guns. And the price point, you're looking between 200, 250, 275, somewhere in there. You cannot go wrong with one of those guns. I have shot the G2 and I've shot the G3 and I really, really want to get my hands on a GX4 or G, yeah, GX4. And that's the one that looks like the shield, but okay, I've not seen that one yet. Oh man, that. yeah, I, I I've not touched one of those yet, but man, I really I, I really want to get my hands on one of those. Yep, because uh, I'm just looking for things to like to suggest to people. Right, uh, right. And as, and as far as I'm concerned, and I'm curious as to what you think on this. Let's let's talk because uh, she talked about fit. We kind of like different brands are going to fit differently. Uh, there's different price points in that. You know, just look around, find something that will fit your hand pretty well. Triggers. Triggers make a huge difference in your ability to shoot. Now, personally, I really like striker fire, that two-stage trigger. Yeah. yeah. What do you like in a – I mean, like, what action do you like in a – I will tell you, I hate single actions. Yes. uh, In semi-automatics, okay? I hate single actions. I just don't like them. If you like them, that's great. You like them. Yeah. You know, do you like Ford? Do you like Chevy? Yeah. Right? It's, right. it's your per- personal preference. But I don't like single actions. I don't like 1911-style guns. In no, general. I don't either. I, just, I don't. I don't. Uh, striker fire seems to be the way everything's going these days. Uh, I do not like a traditional or a typical double-action gun, a standard double-action. Now, the traditional double-action is not bad. Uh, that's going to be something like your six hour P226, your yeah. Ruger SR22, uh, your Beretta M9. These are guns that when you pull the trigger the first time, it's going to cock and release the hammer. And then the slide is going to cock the hammer each time for you after that. So my preference is either striker fire or a traditional double action where, again, the first time you pull the trigger, it's cocking and releasing. And each time after that, it, you're shooting it as if it's a single action gun. Yeah. So those are my two preferences as far as style goes. Yeah. Uh, never a revolver for me. And that's my own personal preference. If you I, carry I'm with you. I'm with you. But never a revolver for me only because you're outgunned on, on the street. Yeah. I yep. carry three magazines when I carry one in the chamber uh, or I have one in the chamber. I have a magazine loaded in, into the gun and then I have two spare magazines now, I will tell you, I am not outgunned on the street. I'm going to tell you how many rounds these carry, but yeah. I will tell you, I am not outgunned on the street. You better bring an arsenal with you if you <laughs> pick a fight with me, right? Right. I will not be outgunned. And I just, I think you are with a revolver. That is my only, that's my only thing with people who carry a revolver. I would just caution them. You know, you're going to reload a lot faster than somebody that's carrying a gun like me. So yep. that, that's my only caution to that. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, I like to tell when I'm doing concealed carry classes, um, I'll do a little security stuff mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm doing security work, I always carry a, uh, Smith and Wesson MMP, like, uh, compact nine mm-hmm. and which has standard 15 round magazine plus one in the chamber. Right. And then I always have my extra like 17 round magazine. So I always yeah. tell everybody, I said, look, I got like 33 rounds, uh, just of love to spread to my friends if I need to. Uh, I can tell you, if you go against me, you're outgunned. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So, well, I wouldn't plan on – you're my friend, Tim. I wouldn't plan on going against you. Uh, yeah. I, I would prefer to fight beside you than fight against you. Uh, I hope I hope I never have to draw my gun again in my life. No, I know. You know, I, I, I tell every class that, you know. I, I pray that none of them ever have to ever do it. I hope every I, student that trains with me has wasted their money. Yeah. I, I do. I do. Other than finding a fun new hobby. There you go. There you go. I mean, I can't. I've had people come through that have never shot a gun that comes in and goes, my gosh, this is so much fun. It is fun. Make a hobby out of it. Causing explosions is fun. And then when you pair that with blowing a hole through something, it's even more fun. Exactly. It is. It should be fun. Yeah. But it should also be done safely and responsibly. Exactly. But anyway. You say you like either the traditional double action. Or I've always heard it called a double action, single action style. Gun, it's a, the actual technical it. term is traditional double action. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got you. I'm just trying to make sure that if anybody was hearing this, wasn't quite sure right. what we were right. talking about. That's another term. And, and then, then or, or striker fire. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'm kind of like, I like those two, but in reverse. I prefer the striker fire and, and then traditional double action. I don't know. I'm not saying I have a preference. Either or. I, they're, I, they're oh, okay. Either or. There's no preference. Oh, I got That's you. what I'm saying. I like either or. There's there's oh, okay. no preference as far as those two. Well, there's definitely a preference as far as I'm concerned. I prefer okay. striker fire. And then uh, traditional double action would be my second favorite. The thing with the uh, traditional double actions is you have the decocker. Almost every traditional double action has a decocker. And I can't remember which one it is now. But I have run into one traditional double action gun that did not have a decocker. And it kind of... I found it kind of interesting, but I can't, and I can't even remember what brand it was now or what model, but, but I've ran across one, but typically if you have a traditional double action, it's got a decocker to it. Hmm. So I, I didn't know that one existed without it. Of course, you know, there is one, like I said, I've seen it. I've seen one, but I can't even remember what it is now. It does not matter how many times and how much, how many guns you see. There's always something weird out there that you have just never seen. I know you told That's me that correct. one time in the class and, uh, and I have, I've had that proven to me as people bring stuff in. I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Know? Because, and, and people come to you and they think, you know, uh, well, you're the gun expert. You should not. No, I don't, I don't know every gun that's out there. You know, I get people, Hey, you ever seen that? No, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. You know, <laughs> no, I've never heard of it. Never seen it. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know everything. If you find an instructor and they tell you they know everything that's out there, find another instructor. <laughs> crap. Find another instructor. Yep. Absolutely. So you're talking about triggers, Brian. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you think about, uh, and I'm obviously being stupid here, but how about a binary trigger on your personal defense gun? Uh, they get two for one then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that would kind of be irresponsible on a personal defense gun because, um, uh, that would scare me. <laughs> so how about, let's talk about a binary trigger real quickly for people who don't know about it. So go ahead. Uh, so yeah, that binary trigger is when you pull the trigger and it fires and then you release the trigger and it fires. That's right. So um, That would be scary. They're fun to shoot if you know you're doing that, but I would not do that for a personal defense gun. Yes, and when you multiply that by stress, if you yeah, exactly. accident, That's even issue. if you... Like do something stupid under stress and accidentally release one shot. Then you're accidentally releasing a second one, most likely too. And so now you've got two things going where you don't want them to go. But I do know, I have, I don't know them personally, but I have seen people that are, carry a personal defense weapon and they have a binary trigger on it. That. And I just think to myself as I walk away, just <laughs> walk away very quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. People, gadgets, people have a thing about gadgets, right? Uh, I shared a meme one time on Facebook, and it said gun accessories. It had two lines, right? And it said gun accessories, and, and the line was just going out the door. 
And then it said training, and there was nobody in that line. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of truth to that. There is. You cannot is. you cannot make up uh, for a lack of training with accessories. No. You, you know, no. I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. You've seen my my gun, my very favorite gun. Um, it's got I got a red dot on it, and I did replace the trigger. Uh, I went with the Apex trigger on on that Smith and Wesson that I have, and I love it. But if I hadn't have spent the time training. I could add another thousand dollars worth of accessories to it. And it's not going to be, it's not going to do me any good. It's not, you know? So I like those two things on there because I like the way they shoot. And I like the, I like the way it shoots with that trigger. And I like that red dot, but that does not, that those two things do not magically make me a better shooter. It's the training that makes me a better shooter. It just makes it a little easier in the process. So let's get into some real trouble here. Okay. Okay. We're talking about different types of guns and things like that. What about calibers? What caliber should you carry for your personal defense weapon? So I know what I always tell everybody. Uh huh. I always tell everybody to carry the largest caliber you can shoot effectively and with control. Now, I will also make caveats to that because. Technically, I can shoot a 45 caliber pistol with no problems, but I right. prefer to carry a nine millimeter because I can put more rounds on target much, much faster with a nine millimeter than I can 45. Much more accurately. Yep. And you can carry a lot more in the gun. Yes, you and can. Again, like you said, round count. That's right. Although there are some. Uh... Newer 45s that are coming out that are double stack, and you can carry 12, 15, 16 rounds in them. Yeah. In some of them. But uh, I, I'm a nine mil guy. I like nine millimeter, but here we go. I'm going to get trolled on this. There are times when I carry a 22. Yeah. And I like 22s. I can shoot, you know, I can put my nine millimeter wherever I want it, but my 22, it's going to be an even tighter group. Right. Yeah. I mean, the less recoil you're, when have, you're talking you're about have. when you're talking about personal defense, it's all about shot placement. Yeah. Statistically, who wins a gunfight? The person who puts the shot on target first. The person who puts the first shot on target statistically will win that gunfight. That's a fact. Yep. You got a big honking 45 and you're hitting me in the shoulder. I'm still in the fight. This isn't the movies, guys. Yeah. You, you know, when you're in a defensive combat situation you get shot in the shoulder you're still in the fight right you're not going to fall down and lay down dead like in the movies you're going to keep slinging slinging lead back and another thing important thing to remember is the average person out there if they sustain a mortal wound if i shoot you in the heart you're likely to not even know that you've been shot at this point yes and you're continuing to fight for up to 30 seconds yep that's a lot of time you are slinging lead back at me and you're a dead man walking yep. and but you're still in the fight. So, yeah. Uh, so in a, in a class that I was in, uh, mm-hmm. there was a, a, an EMT in there and he said, right. actually, technically they said you could actually continue to fight for minutes after being yeah, shot. Right. Right in yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause that's... we always said 30 seconds too. And then, um, and, and then that EMT was like, you you can go minutes, depending on where the hit is and how fast yeah. you're bleeding out. Yeah, there's there's yeah, but I'm talking about like a mortal. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yes. not an instant incapacitator like a headshot. That's right. you're out of the, you know lights out at that point. But yes. so caliber is important, and you're right. The largest caliber that you can handle, right? With with, with caveats because. I can handle a 45, but I don't want to carry a 45. I can handle a 40 just fine, but I don't like 40s. I, I just, it's my personal preference. I've had a 40, caliber, you can a 40 before, excellence. but I just, I like nine millimeters. Yeah. Yeah. And 22s. Those are the two guns that I like nines and 22s. And, uh, you know, I bang, I'm banging on Glock here a lot today, but, uh, you know, one of the guns I carry, uh, when I'm carrying a 22 is, uh, if I carry a 22, it's going to be one of two guns. It's going to be the Glock 44, which is the 22 caliber gun they came out with, which mm-hmm. I love. I use that in my training for new gun shooters. I absolutely love that gun. And the other gun that I absolutely love is the uh, Ruger SR22. 
I yeah, love that was, gun as that's well. A, that's a great too. gun. Yep. Um, now you wouldn't like carry it, but the uh, that Taurus TX twenty two is talking about how good Tauruses are anymore. Yes, the Taurus yeah, TX twenty two. Yeah. That is yep. a phenomenal gun. And here's one: the uh, the PT one eleven, I think, or the Taurus PT twenty two, something like that. It's a twenty two caliber gun, and it's great for people with arthritis or people who don't have a lot of hand strength mm-hmm. because that's got a break action barrel. So you can you can either insert the magazine and rack the slide like you normally do. Yeah. Or with this particular gun, you hit a little button on the side and the barrel pops up and you put one in the chamber, lower the barrel, then insert your magazine and yep. you're ready to go. So yeah, that's a nice little one as well. But uh, now uh, Smith & Wesson has the EZ models, right? They got the EZ 380 and yeah. the EZ uh, 9. Mm-hmm. And the 380 is, man, that is, that is easy. It is. Yeah. And the nine is really manageable as well. Yeah. So, you know, I've not shot either one of those. Good stuff like them. that, too. You've shot one of those? No, I said I haven't shot one of those, oh. but I've seen them and that they are really nice. Uh, I they usually suggest nice. I've handled them a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's financials. Uh, so it's, you know, making another purchase of a, uh, another right. arm. But I, I have suggested that several times to newer shooters. Who's a little worried about load magazines, you know, or racking the slide or anything along those. Right. You know, so I've recommended those because it does. It, they say easy rack. It, they're not joking. It really is. No, it is easy. It, it is. So for somebody, again, with hand strength issues or arthritis, but they want something a little bit larger than a 22. Uh, yeah, that's that's the route to go. That, that is a route to investigate, at least. Now, I will tell you the guns that I hate to see. I hate the Smith and Wesson bodyguard. I hate to see guys used to buy that gun all the time for their wives or girlfriends and then send them to my class. They've never shot it before. Yeah. Well, a 380 is just, you know, a smaller version of a nine millimeter. It's a nine millimeter short cartridge itself. I mean, it's in essence, it's a nine millimeter, right? Yeah. The problem is when you step down to like a bodyguard or something like that, you're basically shooting a nine millimeter through a gun you know, about this size and the recoil, they think because it's a smaller gun, there's going to be less recoil, but the smaller the gun and the shorter the barrel, the more recoil you're going to have and the less accurate it's going to be. Man, I used to hate seeing those guns come, come into my class. I I have people, I show several guns. I have one of those guns Mm -hmm. Um, and I tell everybody. But not for your wife. No, gosh, no. Uh, the Ruger uh, or the uh, uh, I think it's the Ruger, right? LC nine. Yeah, LCP. LCP. Yeah, they're a little yeah. bitty version of that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I tell everybody, I said, listen, don't run out and buy one of these guns unless you're already a very good shooter, because you can't shoot those guns accurately unless you are an excellent shooter with a full size or a you know compact gun. Yeah, the shorter the barrel, the less accurate the gun is. That's exactly. just a fact, you know. And another thing that I hate to see is um, lasers. I despise (laughs) lasers on guns because it gives you a false sense of security, right? It still takes Uh, that laser doesn't guide your your bullet. (laughs) No, you can still be a terrible shot even if that laser is pointed at what it's supposed to. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I hate lasers. gives gives people a false sense of security. It does. It does. Now, you know, if you have it a laser really on there and you practice with it, it's not so horrible. No, but, but you know, just to have the laser and just laser go and you don't learn the fundamentals, exactly. you're, you're screwed. Yeah. What if that laser doesn't work the time that you need to use your gun? Yep. Well, what, now you're screwed, right? Yep. And what happens what if, if your gun doesn't purple. function properly in a gunfight? You die. Ah. <laughs> you die. Yep. So we've talked about um, the grip, how it fits your hand and everything. We've talked about uh, trigger pull. Trigger yes. actions and triggers. Yes, actions and triggers. You've talked about um, how add-ons don't, <laughs> don't don't instantly make you a better shooter. Yes. Um, now you also talked about calibers. Yeah, we talked about calibers. 
I want to bring up something about concealability since we're talking about concealed carry handguns. Yeah. So you have to like plan and dress around uh, your concealed carry. That's something I teach my students too. You know, you may have to change the way you dress. All of my life, I've been a tucker, right? It's just, but you know, when you're carrying concealed, you can't always tuck, right? Depending on who you're carrying, you just can't. So, you know, you may have to actually change the way you dress, but you're absolutely right. So go ahead, go ahead, guys. Well, I, you know, I, I tell people, I said, you know, I never feel more effeminate than when I tell my students that you have to think about, like, I can't necessarily wear that shirt with this gun. <laughs> right. right. But you whenever know. you use the word gun, you're automatically manning it up a little bit when you're talking about clothing. So. That is true. That is true. Uh, probably going to get a lot of hate on that statement too. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I don't care. I told you we, we can't get any more hate than we've already gotten. It's all good. No, don't be so sure of that Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, concealability outside of just dress for it. I mean, you know, you got to think that the gun itself is concealable and you, people would be amazed a lot of times the size of gun that they can conceal. Yeah. That Smith & Wesson MP9 compact is not that small, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it says compact, but it's not like a really tiny little gun. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, that one is really hard for me to hide, even if I'm wearing a hoodie. But you're a um, toothpick. Yeah, exactly. So. See, for someone my size, my options are a little bit limited on <laughs> what I can conceal. But you might be surprised. <clears throat> No, I have been surprised in the past, but it it really depends on my clothing. I have to be wearing something very baggy, <laughs> very, very baggy. So we were actually, uh, I was teaching a defensive pistol, like intro to defensive pistol class. Uh, it was just a little four hour class that I teach. Uh, I usually promote that to people right after they go to concealed carry. They go through their concealed carry. And I said, come back to our intro to defensive pistol, spend just four hours at one morning. And uh, we run through some stuff and we talk about, you know, we kind of go back over concealing handguns and everything. We talk about how different ways to conceal. And I remember that I was talking about my preferred method of carry, which is appendix carry. I had one lady look and go like, oh, I don't think you could carry a very large gun there. And I've been teaching this class now. We were probably about an hour into the class. And I was like, well, I've got this gun. And I pulled this gun out. And she was like, oh, my gosh, that thing is huge. So, I mean, you you could you can really be surprised at uh, how how much you can conceal with people. Right, lie. right. So it's just, it's a matter of how you dress and everything else. It does. That, that, that has a lot to do with it. So just dress around your, your, your gun that you want to conceal. But I, I tell everybody a lot of times, go ahead and take it into account. You're probably going to want to purchase more than one gun. Uh, because you're probably going to have a larger size gun that you carry at times and a smaller size gun that you carry at times. It's true. Like I said, I carry different guns at different times, different calibers, because depending on where I'm going, what I'm doing, what I can wear, what I need to wear for this particular function or that function or or whatever, you know, uh, sometimes I got to step down and use a little bit smaller gun than what I typically like to carry. And so, and you know, I got to change the caliber and, again yeah so you got to have more than one personal defense weapon but along with that means you've got to train with more than one personal defense weapon as well i I liked and this is more like just me i like to stay within something that feels very similar to the other thing uh right as much as i can i want the trigger pull to be as close as possible you know all of that um and we've had those conversations Mm -hmm. um but, you know, I, I, I want these things to be as similar as possible, which is actually one reason I, tra- I changed out a trigger in that one gun. And it was to make it more like the trigger in another one that I carry. Right. You know, I wanted right. a similar trigger pull on both of them. So when it comes to uh, personal defense weapons, I, 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 there's just so many variables, you know? Yeah. It, it's hard to whenever that's why I, I hate when people say you know, this is the gun that everybody should carry, or this is the gun for you, or, and they don't know anything about you. Like, like Jada, you were talking about at the, at the gun store, right? So you don't ask me any questions first. You're just like here. Right. Right. In your case, it was because it looked pretty. 
I'm yeah. sorry. If I'm going to shoot someone with it, that's not going to be pretty. So I don't think the, the, the tool I'm using to do it is got to be pretty either. Inevitably, you know, when I'm teaching concealed carry and we talk about this in my concealed carry classes, you know, what type, what caliber, what types of guns, you know, and inevitably every few classes or so, you know, there'll be somebody and, you know, I'll start talking about 22s and all I'll hear in the back is a 22 just don't piss somebody off. Yeah. And so I always tell them, okay, Jimmy John, let's play a little game here. Let me pull out my 22 and take one shot. Let's see if you're dead or pissed off after I pull it. <laughs> it's all about shot placement, guys. Yep. That's what it's all about. Yep. Exactly. All right. Uh, I think we're actually running up on time a little bit here. So we're probably going to have to. Uh, call it, but uh, as we're moving along, as you're trying to select a gun for concealed carry, start looking through things. Do not jump straight into a purchase. Uh, do some research on the gun. You want to make sure it's reliable. We didn't really point that out. Uh, don't go out there and get something that's from a brand that is not reliable. You want to like the sites. We didn't even talk about we didn't sites. Have time to talk but about sites. to be fair, in defense of shooting, sometimes. Yeah. You don't use sites. Yeah. Yes. So, no, you don't. Yeah, that's true. Do some research. Actually get to a gun store. Don't just listen to the person because they will try to sell you something really fast. Uh, I can't count how many times I've had somebody come in. They did not have a gun. They got their concealed carry permit. And then they came back to me for more, further training. Uh, one lady, love this lady to death. And she came back and she's like, Brian, I don't like this gun. This person at the gun store talked me into buying this gun, and I just do not like it because she yep, said, the in there, they said the what you need, and she took them for the, at their word, and they're trying to make a sale. And you know, so unless you have unlimited money, don't buy a gun until you have held it and like tried to shoot it, you know? Yeah, yeah and that's another thing test fire it if you can. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of gun stores in my oh, not a lot, but there are a few gun stores in my area that will let you test fire. And yeah. if not, go to an indoor range and rent some of the different guns they have to offer there and then test test fire them and see which ones you like. Or find a friend that has lots of guns. There you, know? there you go. There, it, there's always that as well. It yep. usually doesn't take very long to find something you don't like about a gun. That's right. That's right. Jada hasn't found anything that she doesn't like about the P365 yet, though. <laughs> she finally got to shoot that gun. Somebody came through a class and had one. And, and uh, better shooter. she loved it. It yep. was everything she had dreamed it was going to be. <laughs> so my SIG that I carry is the uh, M18. So yeah. it's it's my favorite. But like I said, sometimes I carry the Glock 44. Sometimes I carry a Ruger SR22. It yeah. depends because the, the, the M18 is a little bit bigger gun. Mm -hmm. So it depends what I'm doing and where I'm at, you know. Yep. So For me, it's all personal preference. The, the SIG I like was the gun that I had been building in my head from what I had collected by not liking in other guns. Like, right. this is what I want based on what I don't like about this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. I'm like, well, let's hope this exists somewhere. Yep. And then I found it. <laughs> you will always find good things at SIG Sour. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've come to find true. Yeah. It's like Christmas. All things good. I know. I, I I geeked out when I was able to finally shoot it. I was like, <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> and then I was also nervous. I was like, dang it, because everything in my head, like, <laughs> it seems like it would be what I wanted again, but I haven't shot it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then I so, shot it and really loved it. So. <laughs> so I guess to recap a little bit, how does it fit, right? That's what we're worried about. How does it fit? Price and availability of ammunition, aftermarket parts, repair parts. Uh, these are how easy is it to assemble, disassemble? How easy is it to clean? These are all things that we have to consider when we're looking at purchasing a personal defense firearm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And of course, always, always, always read the owner's manual. Yep. Vitally important. A step that basically everybody skips. Yep. Many people do. It will tell you whether you can shoot plus P or plus P plus ammunition. And if you don't know what it is, please look it up if you own a gun. Yeah. It probably won't say plus P plus. <laughs> it probably will not. I guarantee you it will not if it's a handgun. 
Well, guys, thank you very much. Tim, thank you for joining us yet again. I'm sure we will come up with a reason to have you back on the podcast. And so we've really enjoyed this one. This is the third one you've been on. It um, is. I'm sure yeah. we'll hear about someone doing something stupid with a handgun that we can make fun of. That's oh, true. That's daily. <laughs> that's not hard to find. So we'll just wait for the next movie where the gun comes out. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I'll stop there. But, <laughs> you, you know, I, I will say this Keanu Reeves, uh, I'm going to give him some kudos because that dude actually goes out, gets real professional instructors, yes. and trains. Yes. Uh, that I, I'm impressed by that. I mean, I he do. puts a lot of time I and money into personal out. training so he knows what he's doing with that gun. Yep. I know. I, I have a lot of respect for actors that will actually go out there and train and work on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know him, never met him, but yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. That's impressive. I'm, you know, so I'll, we, we always talk about the negative stuff, but not the positive stuff so much. So, okay. I'll shut up and you can close out. No, you're, you're great. You're great. Um, but yeah, we will definitely have you back on. So enjoy that. I just always enjoy talking to you. So there's that. It's a blast. <laughs> not All talking right. to me it's a blast being with you guys but oh, i'm sure oh. talking to me is kind of fun too so <laughs> we think so so there's that all right well guys thank you so very much for listening to the podcast come back next time uh i don't know what we'll be talking about but you know we'll be talking about something really cool self-defense based so we will see you guys later bye. see you guys later bye thank you for listening to the impact defense podcast If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.